Hey, Boker Tov. Uh, today is Kiddush and Das Gimel. And uh, we pick up it towards the bottom of Betamad Bet. We had a uh, very critical sort of introductory first staff yesterday. On the one hand, we're now in the middle of a classic um, um, Stamaitic introduction to the um, uh, to the uh, to, to a Masechet, where it starts focusing on a lot of technical grammatical aspects. We're in the middle of figuring out why, if the word Ishaniknet Shadrachim, if Derech uh, is masculine or feminine, is it Shalosh or Shloshat? Both ways in the Torah. It's both ways in different Mishnayot. How do we explain that? Uh, something that really is hard for us to get too excited about, um, unless we're all grammarians. But, interestingly, the, it started earlier with a question about why it uses the word Niknate, as opposed to later in the Masechet where it used the words Nikadesh or Mikudeshet, which got us to a very central question about whether Kiddushin is understood as a type of a Kinyan, a purchase, and uh, the emphasis of learning it out from the whole case by Avram buying, uh, you know, the, the field of Ephron and, uh, and a type of a property acquisition type of a model, um, which the Gemara referred to as Lishna Dekra, sort of, if you would, the sort of the way the Torah conceptualizes it, and then a what later becomes the rabbinic understanding of Kiddushin and Mikudeshes, much more relating to status, and as the way Tosus explained it, Mikudeshes is not just forbidden to others, but it's Mikudeshet Li, forbidden to others as a result of the relationship. So, really a very significant and that's the type of a of a sort of dynamic seeing those two models competing with one another that's going to be playing out in like the first half of the first parak about whether it's sort of this Kenyan acquisition type of a model or whether some very different type of I will call it a status model um, and also what we saw introduced was the idea which Kedemar also did in this amazing way because although the Mishnah emphasizes the woman essentially as the object because the language of the Mishnayot are going through different types of objects that are acquired it sort of keeps on moving between is it this thing that's being acquired or that thing or this person or that person the Gemara says that the emphasis of rather than is to focus on her role as a subject and to focus on the fact that she cannot be done against her will um, and that she actually is a party to it which is again not the classic Torah model the classic Torah model is that she's a minor actually the Torah doesn't recognize anything other than a woman being married by the father Chazal tell us that that's when she's a minor but the, uh, but the Torah does not recognize anything other than the woman essentially as an object being married off by the father and the Torah went out of its way to point out that no we're talking here about her as a subject her as an adult and her ability to express her will so again very interesting sort of seeing the shift between a Torah model and what we have um, at the time of Chazal okay so now we continue though going back to some of the grammatical stuff, but we will uh, sort of switch back into more some substantive stuff very soon. So we pick up in the bottom of Vedam and Aleph, and we have the following. It says... um, uh, two lines in into the wide lines. Um, my time at end of the second wide line. My time at Tani, tani Shalosh. Why did it say Shalosh? Mishum Drachim. You said because we're going to say the word Derech and Derech is at least could be feminine in this context it could be feminine because of a larger context of the woman is what the Gemara says that, that affects the gender of the word being used here because Derech can be masculine or feminine. But one minute Nisni Now I got another question. Forget the masculine feminine question. Why did it say Drachim? Why did it say in three ways you know why is it three ways or three things 
if you actually think about it, right, just in terms of the English term, a woman is acquired in three ways. A woman is acquired by three things. It's different, right? It's, you know, it's, so it's, so we'll see what the Gemara does, but, but three, three ways makes, is more appropriate. There are three different alternative paths in order to do this type of a transaction, or in order to do this type of a, you know, kinyan, this type of a ki- act of kiddushin. Okay, but the Gemara's question is, why not say three ways? There are three ways to acquire a woman. I mean, actually, I did, see, I did ways again. There are three things, three dvarim. Okay, um, so v'nisni shalosha, and then without allow us to say shalosha, as though it's so important for us to be able to say shalosha instead of shalosh. But anyway, the question now is, why not say dvarim instead of drachim? So the Gemara says, mishum misni bia, ah, because we are going to get to after kesef, which emphasized why we said niknate, we're then going to get to bia, and bia ikri derech, and bia is a word that's associated with the word of derech, a path. Deceive the derech gever ba'alma, the way the, of a of, of of a man in a young in, in a young woman. So it's talking about. So maybe that's expressing also sort of the natural sort of a you know biological urge there. But anyway, or dusty. But somehow that's a, fo- a, fo- a focus on the word derech. So the Gemara says kein derech isha minah So similar, a woman who commits adultery, which is a very disturbing way to open up this mesechet here, a very sort of graphic description of uh, of, of bia or sort of and then sort of and then contrasting it to an isha, a woman committing adultery. I don't know what to do with that as an introductory pasuk in the Masechet here. Yeah. Well, let, let, just one second. So, anyway, it says, Hatenach Bia. The says, okay, but that's good in terms of sex. That would explain why it uses the word uh, derech, because, you know, that's natural. Kesef um, Ishtar, Michael Neymar, but how is the word derech appropriate for Kesef Ishtar? So it says, Mishum Bia. Okay, but we chose derech because it was appropriate for one of those three. So the Gemara says, Vitani Tarti Yatuchada. I don't get it. You're going to schlep the other two along because of one? Derech is only a word appropriate for Bia. So let's still, again, it's a bizarre question. Why is Dvarim so much of a preferred term? Anyway, like I said, this is an opening Stamaitic uh, passage, so uh, you can't get too worried about some of these questions. Anyway, but okay, so you would say Derech just because of the Bia word, but how about the other two? So the Gemara says, no. Okay, the, those two also, even if you do it by Kesef, and star, ultimately what the marriage is leading to is a union of the couple which is going to be a sexual union so the idea of Bia sort of shadows the entire you know or, or, or like or, or like uh, frames a lot of is implicit in a lot of what's going on now that's already I think quite interesting because if you think about it the Gemara says that the reason we used the word Niknate was because Kesef was going to be the first one that we were going to list so Tosos there says the Gemara didn't stop there to say well why are you going to use Kenyan for because it's only Shaykh for Kesef, it's not Shaykh for Shtar and Bia. That the Gemara didn't stop to ask. Maybe because Kesef was the first one, it's appropriate to use the verb of Niknate, which is relevant to the idea of Kesef, even though it's not directly relevant to the other two. But bottom line is, actually that verb of Niknate says, you know, is, if we're gonna if we're gonna say that that's a concept of kiddushin, we're probably not gonna limit that to when kiddushin was done through kesef. That that presumably frames the way we think about the nature of kiddushin, regardless of how it's done, right? So that's very powerful that it used the word niknate, even if the, the point of departure was kesef. It used the word niknate to frame the whole uh, institution and act of kiddushin. Well, here the Gemara is saying something very similar about the idea of bia. Now, 
Now again, this is just a little drash of the Gemara because of the word derech instead of davar. But, but regarding the fact that, disregarding the fact that it's just a drash, what the Gemara is saying is maybe the whole idea of kiddushin, you know, is framed as ultimately an institution that is leading to the couple coming together in a sexual union, right? Which is very interesting because you know when we think about how kiddushin gets actualized at chuppah, which is nisuin, which is sort of seen when it comes from theory to practice, there are two aspects of the Nisuin. The Nisuin represents a house, right? If you think about like the chuppah, the yichud room, but it represents also the physical intimacy and the coming together. The idea is the yichud room is a way in which they could, in theory at least, be having sex. And we've shown him talk about both. And that marriage is really both things, right? Marriage is setting up a joint household, you know, you know, you know, sort of, uh, you know, having, you know, sharing your life together, raising kids or whatever, the joint household aspect of it, all the aspects of ksuva, of the reciprocal obligations and so on. And it's also the very much of the most intimate physical coming together of the two parties. And it's about sex. So it's very interesting here that it sort of says, well, you know, all of Kiddushin is ultimately leading towards Bia. Now, of course, Bia could itself represent coming together in both ways. But nevertheless, I think it's very interesting. On the one hand, emphasizing very much an acquisition model. And on the other hand, emphasizing a fact of the physical coming together of the two, which in some ways could be understood as the greatest aspect of the sense of the partnership, right? Right? It's like two halves coming together as a whole. So it's an interesting just contrasting how we're sort of saying one the idea of Kenyan frames everything and the idea of Bia frames everything. Ben, you had a question? Okay, so... Um, all right, so now the Gemara says like this. The ta- okay, no, no. So the Gemara says, Ibai Sema, and if you want, they'll say, How many Rebbe Shimon? You know why it says Drachim? Not because of Bia, but because of Rebbe Shimon. The time we taught Rebbe Shimon, Omer, Nema Amr Torah, why did the Torah say, Kiikach Ish Isha, Veloksiv Kitilakach Ishal Ish? When a man takes a woman, why didn't it say when a woman is taken by a man? Um, so, Mithnei, why does it make the man the sort of uh, the active party? here, which is so central to Kiddushin, that the man is the active, even though the woman has to be midata, can't be forced on her, we know that the active Kiddushin is basically done by the man. So, here he's getting back to the fact, you know, the Torah frames it that way. When a man takes a woman, because the man goes searching out for the woman, the woman doesn't go searching out for the man, right? So, even in, you know, our very egalitarian society today, even though it happens, I guess, more that women ask guys out for dates or whatever, you know, there still is this sort of like presumption more that the man is the one that is, you know, that is the more of the initiator in this whole dating process and so on, and the one searching after the woman. Um, like a person who lost an object, why he lost the object? Because it's the half of his body that was taken from him in my sabracious. So me, choser al me, who looks for whom? Balavedam, chazer alavedato. The person who lost the object looks after, goes looking for his lost object. Okay, so this is also, by the way, I just have to tell you a great story. So apparently there was a time, and I think it was in, in the mirror where uh, the guy, it was like, uh, you know, the guys were, uh, they were already like, you know, getting to their 30s or whatever, and they still weren't married, and uh, it was uh, enough already. So they, that year they were learning like a Meseches uh, Kiddushin, and uh, they got to this line. So the Rosh Yeshiva gets up. I don't know if this really could be said in the mirror, because it's not like one Rosh Yeshiva in the mirror. But anyway, anyway, he gets up and he says, so it says, you know, so he says, if you're looking for an Aveda, you'll find it. If you're looking for a Metziah, it's going to take you a long time. So, <laughs> all right.
right. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. Anyway, I, I, I'm always afraid to make any jokes in this Masechet because I'm sure it's going to be not PC, whatever I say. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Um, somebody can, 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 can critique me for all my non-PC statements. Anyway. Um, but I do think this is also interesting, again, contrasting to the Kenyan model. Because if you think about it, right, here, it's, you could say it's a type of a Kenyan. It's my lost object, so it's something I own, right? But there is some greater sense here of, re- of re-invoke or evoking the idea of like being un- reunited with that thing that was sort of always yours, your lost half, the whole idea of bashert, right? Finding that thing that, you know, it's much more different than taking possession of something, like the woman just as an object. So even though the Aveda metaphor still has that aspect to it, I think it frames it in a, you know, very different way, in a way you could almost see echoes of both the Bia and the Kenyan, you know, that partnership, but a little bit of that Kenyan aspect sort of coming together in this metaphor about being choser achara veidoso. So I think that there's something, again, powerful about those ideas being introduced, you know, right here. The other aspect, of course, about the man as the initiator, besides the whole question about, you know, the, uh, you know, the dating process, it's actually, you know, interesting because the Gemara says, you know, I mean, there is the reality between the sort of social norms and expectations, you know, it's not the same as like, obviously women want to get married as much as men, you know, the Gemara actually said that some of the reasons that they had to be established certain of the halachas of ksuva were to encourage men to uh, get married. Um, and, uh, you know, the Gemara says, uh, has a phrase that says, you know, women would be satisfied with, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly, with like any husband, you know, guy wants, you know, like I said, guy wants a mitzia or something. So, it's interesting, right, that given that, that it's still, you know, the R, and they said it still really doesn't change too much in today's society about, it, certainly in this whole dating process or whatever, who the basic expectation about being the initiator, right, is on. So, that's an interesting phenomenon, but it also does, it, it does parallel um, the aspect of the husband, be, of the man being the uh, primary acting person in the act of Kiddushin. And again, what's nice by framing it this way is it moves us again a little bit away from the Kenyan model. Because if, because if you say, why is the, the man the only one that's doing it, right? If they're both coming into marriage, why doesn't she have more of an active role? Was it, oh, of course, it's because like, she's just the object and she's being purchased. So, you know, so that's why he's the actor and, she's the, and he's the subject and she's the object, right? So this gives us a different way of looking at it. You know, it says, no, it has to do something with the sort of male-female dynamics and so on, that he's sort of more of the active party, etc. So, again, you could like that or not like that, but it frames it in a very different way than the sort of acquisition, subject-object type of a relationship. Okay, well, so... Well, we just learn from Yeah, I understand. I'm just saying I think it's very powerful that right at the beginning we have a lot of competing models. Kenyan versus Kiddushin. Is it all about Kenyan or is it basically about is it about the man taking possession of an object or is it about a guy being and the law, his lost half and being reunited with his lost half right very different ways of thinking about what's going on okay so now the Gemara says like this um, okay that's uh, not that which he taught in the Mishnah now back to Dvarim and Dirachim we taught this yesterday you check Azav to make sure that the flow is not due to some external cause so you check seven sort of things was it because of what he ate? Was it because of this? Was it because of that? 
Um, seven things, since you're saying that the only reason it's a derech was because of either the language of Bia or the act of the, 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 the way of a man is to look after his, to look to find his lost object. So normally, let's say Dvarim. So why doesn't it say Dvarim there? So no. Hosam hakmash de darka de michla yesera ziva. So we're going back to the word that uses the word drachim when it's trying to suggest that there's a natural cause here. There's natural ways in which this thing is work. You know, this is the way things work. The way is that a man goes looking after the woman. So we're checking for other causes for the flow because this is the way things work. That when you eat certain things, they lead to a flow. So drachim suggests that there's a naturalness to the way that these things are working. Okay. Um, so drink brings to, to a flow too much, too much food drinks to a flow too much drink brings to a fl- brings to a flow that's the use of the word derech alright let's take another example that is non esrog shavil ilan begimel drachim felisni devarim an esrog is similar to a ilan in three ways so why not say in three matters three dvarim okay because an esrog on the one hand is a tree but on the other hand it you know it sort of it constantly is growing throughout the year it doesn't just one half season of blossoming it grows by irrigated water not just rain water as we'll see you can pick the esrogim at all different times so there's ways in which it's similar to a tree and ways in which it's similar halachically to a vegetable so why does it say drachim why not say dvarim so it says okay because we have to say like a vegetable in one derech so that just you know repeats the question why don't we say in one davar why are we still saying derech instead of davar and, okay so the says if it had said davar and all these things we would have had an opening you know uh, that would have said why doesn't it say derech but okay anyway so it says hasam hakamash mulan the darke the esro ki yerech ah no we're back to the idea that derech means that this is the way of things because the uh, uh, the way of an esro tree it has it, you know its behavior is similar to that of a vegetable ah uh, yes one well, minute like yeah yeah my yerech I cannot get too worked up on that my yerech darko li gadel al komayim ubishas likito so isuro this explains what are the ways it's like a tree what are the ways it's like a vegetable so the ways it's like a tree Rashi says is is that it has the halachas of Orla, it has the halachas of Netaravai, the fourth year fruits. Um, it goes by, the trees go by blossoming to determine what year they're related to. You know, everything is like part of a seven year cycle. Is it for the first two years of the cycle? You give Meiser Shani as your second Meiser. If it's the third or the sixth, right? If it's one, two, four, five, you give Meiser Shani. If it's three or six, you give Meiser Ani. And if it's year seven, of course, it's Shemitah. Well, what determines which year this thing that's growing from the ground is connected to? Does it grow the year you plucked it? Does it grow the year it started growing? So depending on things, there are different ways, right? By grain it goes by a third of the ripening. By trees it goes the year that it blossomed. Um, by vegetables, it goes by the year that it's picked. Okay? Because vegetables are constantly growing. There's no like one concrete point where it's like, you know, like a transition stage with a vegetable. Alright? So by an esrog, we go by the, the way it's like a tree is that for Shemitah purposes we go by the year that it blossomed. But by for all other mice purposes, we go by the year that the fruit is, pi- is picked, alright, because like a vegetable, since the fruit is constantly, uh, you know, growing throughout the year, it's not seen, and it, you know, and you can, um, and it's not seen as like just one particular season, so it's not fixed to a particular time, and it goes by the time that it's picked. Of course, I never got that exactly straight, because if an esrog was ripe, blossomed in Shemitah, and was picked in the eighth year, so from a Shemitah perspective, it's Shemitah, 
But from a Meiser perspective, it's Meiser Shani. But you don't give Meiser Shani on Shemitah. I'm assuming that Shemitah would sort of trump, you know, in terms of that. But let's say it's the opposite. It blossomed in the sixth year, and it was picked during Shemitah. So from a Shemitah perspective, it's a sixth year fruit. But from a Meiser perspective, there's no Meiser, because there's no Meiser on Shemitah. So what do you do? So I never exactly got how you could have both the, both the Shemitah counting and the Meiser counting based on different things, since they since they're, they're sort of have to be synchronized. But anyway, that's the halach of an esrog. So it says, we use the word derech to explain that the reason it's like a vegetable, by, that it goes by when it's picked, is because of the ways in which it's similar to a vegetable. The dark ki yerek, my yerek darkly mine, the same way a vegetable grows by all water, meaning irrigated water, not basically by the rainy water and, and the seasons and so on. And therefore, it goes by the or follows the time that it's picked. So, the same by an esro, goes by all waters, and therefore the meister goes by when it is picked. So we use the word derech to explain that these ideas, whether it's the idea bia by kidushin, or checking by a zav, or the way an esro works like a vegetable, these are not just arbitrary, they're derech. There's something natural about the way that this is working that has to do with the way this thing operates, which explains why this law applies. Yes. So could you just remind me um, the phrase of Chantafageha, like the running of the sap, that yeah. is to like the Tubishvat season, as it were. Only the sap is, has ever so that, that has no. No, I mean to the degree it is, it's to the degree that it's recu- that to the degree that it's uh, sort of recognized through the blossoming that occurs in the fruit. But uh, so the blossoming is really the external symptom. Yeah, I mean I never thought of it that way, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yep. All right. It also occurs to me, by the way, about this idea of derech, because as you can see, I'm trying to sort of to ask or ask like, what lekach do you get from this in terms of what it's sort of saying about kiddushin? Going back to the whole idea. Of, you know, derech gever ba'alma is that there's something very like in the most sort of natural sense about like you ask like you know without societal institutions right you know what would you know what you know what's the most natural form of marriage you know, and when you know I mean it could also just be having sex but there's also something the most natural way is not some act of kinyan or star I mean star is the most sort of you know for sort of societal type of a you know like not not natural thing right the whole a writing of a document and so on but it's you know just the physical coming together then you know that is and if you actually the Rambam says that you know for B'nai Noach you know, not the Rambam, it's based on the Gemara, whatever. But the Rambam says, yeah, before the Torah was given, what would happen by B'nai Noah? A man would meet a woman, they'd want to get married, they'd have sex, and then they'd be married. So there's something like the most, you know, na- it's not every act of sex makes it that way, but in the context of wanting to be married, that's the most natural type of a thing, right? And in a way, that's that Pusling and Breshit. So, suggesting the sexual union. So there is interesting contrasting it that way as well, sort of seeing this as a sort of natural thing as opposed to a more a societal way of formalizing the uh, institution. Yes. Well, and what a properly is saying everything we're about to tell you is in service of this like natural way of right. Like, right. To go after the one in that like. Oh, so you mean it's not just that marriage? It, sort of that, that that it's all about via in this context of when they're eventually married, but that ultimately in terms of thinking about like just the 
process, the act of Kiddushin, which is the prime act that we sort of see as that act? Yeah, I think that that's a really good question because you know there's a serious debate in the post which is, I mean, Pashas of all of Gemara, since, uh, let me reframe that, I shouldn't call it serious, but Pashas of everything is that Kesef, Star and Bia are all Dil Raisa. Nevertheless, Rashi already quotes in the name of his Rabosav, based on a study in the beginning of Two Vote, um, about Hafgas Kiddushin, that sort of said it was easier to do Hafgas Kiddushin by Kiddushin Kesef, that, uh, that's, you know, a sheet of the Gionim or whatever, his Rabosav, that Kiddushin Kesef is to Rabbanon. And Ramam actually, in a couple of places, says that Kiddushin Kesef is Midive Sofrim, okay, and that the and it actually says that the most explicit act of Kiddushin in the Torah is Bia. It says, Kikach Ishishal Baalah. Now, we already discussed yesterday that, that Kikach Ishishal in the Torah is not Kiddushin, it's Nisuin. Okay? Nisu, Kiddushin in the Torah is Asher Eras Isha. And actually, Pshat in the Torah is that the Pashat, the, the Pshat of the Psukim is that the, is that the, is that Kiddushin in the Torah, Eresin in the Torah, did I say Nisuin? I meant to say Eresin a minute ago. Eresin in the Torah is through Kesef because that's what the Mohar was. Okay, but nevertheless, Rambam says that that if you focus on the word Yikach as Kiddushin, that's associated with Bia. So that gets back to Jenna's point, which is, right, if we have these two models, a Kenyan model and a sort of natural Bia union model, right, which one do you see as the primary of what defines Kiddushin? So, right, you, so that's all, so it's interesting that that also can be interpreted as you see one is still right and the other is less still right uh, and so on. So, yeah, thank you. That's a very good point. I'm saying the other two are in service of this, not in service of Bia during marriage, but in service of it in terms of the, an act of Kiddushin, which is the primary act of Kiddushin. Right. Excellent. Okay, so now the Gemara continues. Um, uh, where are we? Okay, the Hadnan. Koi, Yeshbo Drachim, Shavel Chaya. I'm sorry. Shavel Chaya. This Koi is this type of a hybrid. I think it's a cross. There's debates in the Gemara. I keep on forgetting. I think it's a cross between like a deer and a ram, maybe. I'm not remembering. Anyway, so it's some type of a union of a what? It's a fish, right? Sometimes of a union of a sometimes of a union of a chay and a behema crossbreed, or maybe it's actually its own breed. Anyway, so it says there. So we the Chazal couldn't figure out whether it was a chay or behema. So yesh bodrachim shavel chayav, yesh bodrachim shavel behema. There are ways it's similar to a chaya, which is because you have to be machmir in all in all ways. So you're machmir that's a chaya, so you have to cover the blood, which you only do by a chaya when you shecht it. And the ways it's like a behema, the fat is forbidden, which is only true by a behema, not a chaya. There's ways like both of them. The Rashi says, well, you need to do shechita. It's not a fish. See, that a fish you wouldn't have to do shechita for. And there's ways it's not like either, which is you can't crossbreed it with either a chaya or behema because it might be the other one. Anyway, nisni dvarim, one is a dvarim, what's derech about that, what's natural. There's nothing natural that puts it in one category as opposed to the other. You don't know what category to put it in. Visu, that's as we taught. This is one of the ways that a get women of, of a get for women is similar to a writ of manumission of a slave. In the whole idea of the fani nechtam, fani nechtam. You see, when we got out of Yevamos, we thought we would never have to hear about Yivum again. And then Yevamos constantly Yivum always resurfaces. <laughs> so we got out of Gittin, which like was dominant.
obligated by Bafane Nechta, Bafane Nechta, and we thought we were free from it, and boom, we get it already in the next, in the first, in the second half. Okay, so anyway, so both a get of a woman and a get of an Evet need to say Bafane Nechta, Bafane Nechta. So it says, this is one of the Drachim. Why don't we say Divarim? So the Gemara says, Nisni Divarim. Why don't we say Divarim? Ella, so fine. Dvarim and Drachim is not about whether it's natural or not natural. Ella, here's the difference between whether we use the word derech or davar. When there are distinctions, then we say Drachim. When it's like, you know, it's done in these ways and not in other ways. These are the three ways you do it as in contrasting to other alternatives. Okay? But then we say Drachim. Uh, where there's no distinctions, we say Dvarim. What would be an example? Okay, it's similar in all matters. So when you so if when you say dvarim all matters, right? Then you're going to say then then there are no distinctions. But if you're identifying that it's in these ways, it's like this, and in these ways you're contrasting certain ways to other ways. You're going to use the word drachim which is exactly how we talk, right? You do it in these three. These are three ways. You know, there are different ways you can imagine, but these are the three ways, right? It suggests alternatives. It's a way to get there, as opposed to another way to get there, right? As opposed to dvarim does not suggest a type of alternative. All right. That was not the actual question of Derek and Davar I can't get excited about, but what's nice about these opening, this opening sugyot, you know, I think this point is often lost. So when people are aware of this point that Rav Shriragon, this is a point already that Rav Shriragon writes in his letter, that he writes that, you know, that these, some of these opening sugyot are exactly what we described, that a lot of Stanitic material, no real new ideas, just collecting some different writers or, what, you know, different Stanitic material, um, and it often focuses on these, like, grammatical aspects. So people say, you know, so, okay, whatever, so then, you know, just sort of gloss over and get through it, which is the opposite extreme of how it's normally learned in the yeshiva, which is like the hyper-focus. The yeshiva, you could spend, I don't know, a whole day trying to figure out this question about, you know, derech and davar and whatever, and why did the Gemara say it this way and not say it that way? I think that the truth is somewhere in between. I think that, you know, it is like a, tr- sometimes it's a trivial question that drives it, but they're trying to introduce the Masecha to you, it's a cr- and they're putting a lot of ideas out there on the table. If you think about it, look at the opening Masechet in Babakama. it says, the Mishnah Babakama says, right, um, you know, that are, Arba Avos Nizikinhein. So the Gemara says, well, Avos, it means that there are Tolodos. Well, are the Tolodos the same as them or not the same as them? And based on that question, it uses that question to go through all of the different Avot of Nizikin, all of the Toladot, asking this question, are they the same or not the same? And in the course of that one question, it's introduced you to the entire first half of the Masechet, all of the different Avot and all the Toladot. So here too, in the course of, in the, in the context of some grammatical question which we can't get too excited about, or Drachim, or, you know, word choice question, it's introduced us to a lot of core concepts of what Kiddushin are, and I would actually say competing models of what Kiddushin are, and, you know, it's very powerful in that regard. Yes, Ben? In that regard, the, like, the constant thing with Derek, I think, is very interesting in that it, supposed, it makes all these statements about, like, the inherent way things are, and, like, inherent gender norms, like, uh-huh. a man goes to war, a woman doesn't, a man right. doesn't, right? 
and then it concludes by bringing all these cases of like in between between things. That is an etra, what has a derivative and a Ooh, that's all interesting. So like that's the model of like <laughs> follow a natural order and then totally breaks it down by saying there are always in between cases. Oh, that's great. Them. That's beautiful. Like that. That's really very nice. Wonderful. Okay. All right. Now, so now we get to a more classic suya. All right. Alright, so now it says if, it, if it's now that we hold said that Rahima is to say that there are different ways and it's saying certain ways and not other ways. Anyway, so if a woman is acquired in three ways and acquires herself in two ways, the number presumably is excluding other possibilities. So what are the other possibilities that are being excluded? So the three ways that a woman is acquired excludes chupa as a possibility. So if a woman were to, for some reason Rashi here introduces the father, says if a, if a man were to give over his daughter for a marriage and they went straight to the chupa without a kiddushin and they just stood under the chupa and he said, I get us, I write out the kudeshetli or something, maybe the act of chupa itself is enough. Again, I don't know what Rashi doesn't just say she went herself as opposed to the father gave her over, but maybe what partly bothers Rashi is, is that it's hard to see chupa as a type of a significant act right by itself like what's exactly the act there standing under a chuppah what does it mean anything so Rashi might want to introduce the father because that makes it more like something is done he gave over his daughter he handed her over to put her under the chuppah right if a woman, a woman just walks under a chuppah with a man but nevertheless why not maybe that's just symbolic that symbolizes marriage maybe that does it anyway so that's the question would chuppah work as an act of kiddushin by itself as opposed to an act there's Nisuin, which, you know, after the Kiddushin had already taken place. So the Gemara says, How about we're going to see in, a, in, in like two days that Rav Huna is going to say Chupa actually is an act of Kiddushin, and he learns it out from a Kavachomer. So we'll worry about that opinion when we see it in two days. So, what would, this, what would the three things be excluding? Because Chupa would not be excluded. So the Gemara says, It would exclude a case of an exchange. Okay? Chalipin. Since we learn out Kiddushin from acquiring a field, and we learn it out from, uh, from the whole, you know, acquiring of the field of Ephron, so if you could buy a field with Chalipin, maybe you should be able to buy a woman with Chalipin. So those you know, a woman's only Bekesef. So the Gemara says, you know what? That was a good Havanina. Why not? The Gemara says, no. Chalipin is you could do chalipin with an object worth less than a pruta. If you use a if you use a, a, a kli, you could use like a toothpick. Okay, you could use a, a, a chalipin is done with a kli, but it doesn't have to have the value of even a pruta. So since it could be done with that, a woman won't agree to sell herself for less than a pruta. I mean, a pruta or refined, less than a pruta, not. Now this is a very interesting gemara. I mean, line. What the heck does this mean? First of all, Rashi asks. Just because in theory it could work with less than a pruta, let's say you're not doing chalipin less than a pruta. So I says no, but the whole nature of the transaction suggests a transaction that exists with less than a pruta. And the woman Rashi says the phrase Rashi words is tignayula. She feels it's demeaning to her to agree to be part of such a transaction. Now we should take a moment back and talk about two types of chalipin, okay? Because it really is hard to understand why chalipin does not work by kiddusha isha. Chalipin is two types. There's the classic, I'll swap you my, my donkey for your cow. Okay, where they're seen as basically barter. Right? Basically seen as a, an exchange of equivalents. You take one, I get the other. Okay? Um, that's one thing. You could say that that's more natural than Kesef. Right? Things probably start 
started as a barter and then Kesef became to represent abstract value. Okay, that's one form of chalipin. Why would that work with an object less than a prusa? Maybe still, it's symbolic. You take my toothpick and I get your car. We're still exchanging objects. It's not about value, it's about objects. Okay, so that's one way of understanding it. Another way of understanding it is because chalipin is a generic Kenyan, right? I could do a chalipin to some, sometimes you want to do an act of Kenyan, of chalipin. We call it, I wouldn't call it Kenyan when we, make, when we mean this second thing. It's like, you know, you take the handkerchief, think about, talking about the wedding, about the ksuva. The man, you know, uh, takes the handkerchief or whatever, the watch from the rabbi, and he obligates himself to the ksuva obligation. Con- contracts are undertaken through the taking of an object, right? That, cre- that sort of, and I accept that object, and through that accepting, I signify that I am committing myself to the terms of this contract. I am obligating myself by the contract. That fundamentally works more like a handshake. It's not like an exchange. It's an act that expresses the gmardas, you know, what we call the meeting of minds, the commitment to do it, the finalizing of that commitment. Okay, so those are the two sort of ways in which, but that can actually work even to sell something. I take your handkerchief, you actually don't even have to let go of the object. And anybody ever see sometimes the rabbi, he does this, or the guy doesn't even let go of it. So it's not really about an exchange there. There it's much more about an act that signifies gmardas, and then you <laughs> obligate yourself, or you sell me your object, or whatever happens. Now, if you ask which one of those should or should not work, should either of them work for, for a case of, of a woman, well, the exchange model definitely should not work. And there I can, like, really identify, right, with the idea of, you know, way Rashi says, of, but the whole transaction is demeaning. It's like, you know, swap, you know, my, you know, my pen for your daughter, or, you know, my pen for yourself. It very much commodifies the woman. Whereas by Kesef, you know, you can talk about it as symbolic. Ultimately, we wind up talking about it. It's giving a pruta. It's symbolic. It doesn't suggest, that has to suggest an exchange. Right? It could just be you give an object of value and therefore that effectuates this, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, this, 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 this tran- well, transaction is the wrong word, but this act, okay, you know, this institution. Whereas Chalipin suggests an exchange and that obviously would be very inappropriate. So what I, what? I know, it does not explain the Shavar Pruta points. I'm just telling you what I think about whether, you know, why Chalipin should or should not work. But in terms of the idea of Chalipin as a Gemar Das, like, you know, why not? I mean, especially the way we think about, you know, Kiddusha nowadays, right? It's, I mean, the marriage in general, like often people, I don't know, I, I would necessarily say this, but often think about it in terms of like, a, like it's a contract, it's like an agreement or something. Again, I, I think it's obviously, that's, what, that's selling it a little short. But, you know, but like, why should a Gemar Das with an act that sort of says, yes, we're committing to it, we're making it final. It's not exactly clear to me why the Gemar Das model of, of, of you know, of, of uh, Chalipin, you know, should not be com- relevant to Kiddushin, and certainly why it should be a type of a, you know, of a, of a, of a Gnai and Lomakanya Nafsha type of an idea. So I don't know, f- I can't fully explain why, why that does not work, but certainly to the degree that all Chalipin ultimately harkens back to a concept of exchange, and maybe that's what we could say, that even if it's a Gemar Das, it's ultimately harkening back 
to an ultimate model about exchange and swap and barter that's inappropriate right for Kiddusha Isha that's not what Kiddusha Isha is about not just she's offended but that's not what Kiddusha Isha is about that's would be sort of how I would explain it it does not exactly fit Rashi who emphasizes that it's well the Gemara it's less than a pruta and it's demeaning it's not because it's less than a pruta is what I'm saying it's saying because it's fundamentally an act of a barter one second so that's but that's the way the way Rashi explains it and therefore Rashi says even if you use something more than a pruta fundamentally if you framed it as chalipa now think here actually is where it gets closer to what I'm saying because here's my iPhone let me tell you it's worth more than a pruta okay <laughs> you get it free maybe when you start your plan but don't break it it costs you a few hundred dollars okay so anyway if I were to say to a woman li, you know the iPhone's there here or whatever that works okay but if I took the exact same iPhone and I said the Khalife iPhone Zeh okay I gave the exact same object but I framed it as Khalipin and not as Kesef it doesn't work and I said oh because if you're in the context of Khalipin it suggests Pachos Mishfei Pruta you know it's a model that works with Pachos Mishfei Pruta so like to me like what does that mean the only way I can make sense of that is that when I say the Khalife iPhone Zeh I'm saying her that we're swapping. And that frames it as just an exchange and a barter. And that very much is a commodification. And that doesn't work. The iPhone there could make it much more symbolic. That's the way I would like to understand what the Gemara is saying. Tosvos says that actually, he, he says Rashi does not, he, he has a different gear set than Rashi. And it's not Isha Bepachos Mishrei Puta Lo Mekanya Nafsha. It's Isha Bepachos Mishrei Puta Lo Mekanya. Period. And turning to Tosvos, the question was, hold on, let me just double check Tosvos, make sure I'm saying this right. Uh, uh, the Isha, it's this big Tosvos. Um, um, Yeah, so Tosa says that the question was never, the way Tosa says it is that the question was never that we should learn out other Kinyanim. It's only like, oh, well, any Kinyan that works by a Sada should work by a, a woman. So if Kinyan, so if Chalipin works by a, a Sada, it should work by a woman. So if that was the question, why don't we say, well, Chazaka works by a Sada. Let's say Chazaka worked by a woman. So Tosa says, no, no, no. The only question was that let's conceptualize Chalipin as a type of a Kesef. Because ultimately it's very similar. You give an object, you give something of value and you get something back. So why is Chalipin, he says, the Gemara is really just asking, why is Chalipin any different than Kesef? Let's just call it a type of a Kesef. So he says, no, no, no. Chalipin works for Pachos Mishrei Pruta. U Pachos Mishrei Pruta lo Mekanya, not Isha lo Mekanya Nafsha. Less than a Pruta isn't Kesef. So that just proves that the institution of Chalipin is not a form of Kesef. It's true, in both of them you give something and the transaction takes place, but one of them has to do with the objects of value and requires a Shavah Pruta, and the other has to do with the fact that it's a clee, you could have something that has value that isn't a clee. Like you could give a fruit, wouldn't work for Chalipin. 
So one has to do with value and is a, and is called a kinyan kesef, and the other has to do with a kli, and it doesn't have to do with value. So all the Gemara is establishing is that chalipin is not a type of a kinyan kesef, and once it's not kesef, we don't. All, the only thing that works is kesef shar and bia. Okay. I'm sorry, you say the fruit does not work for so the, the rabbi gave you the apple and you give him the comments that didn't work? Uh, correct. I mean, there's a discussion in the Gemara about fruit, but yes, according to that, that's correct. Okay, so to, re- to, to recap, what we said was, the Gemara says, why should Chalipin work? According to Rashi, the question is, should it work because it is a form in which you're Kones Sadeh? Maybe we should include all forms of being Kones Sadeh. Um, to which the Gemara's answer is, is that no, that's a, as Rashi says, it's a lesson of fruit, a Gnai Hula. It's demeaning. What does that mean? It's demeaning, especially if you're using something more than a pruta. So the way I sort of suggested it, as uh, a way of reading Rashi and the Gemara is, is that fundamentally Chalipin is about exchange as opposed to Kesef, which could be more about a symbolic type of an act. And since even if you give the same iPhone, if you give it as Chalipin, you're saying we're swapping, and that's very much sort of completely commodifying, and that would not work. Okay, that's one way of explaining it. Tosos, it was a narrower question. Let Chalipin just be a form of Kesef, and the answer is it's not a form of Kesef. It works with different parameters than Kesef. You had a question before? Yes. Who is Mizat Al-Khalipin? Is the Torah Mizat Al-Khalipin? No, the, uh, no, the Gemara understands the that... Uh, yeah, never said that they were Mizat Al-Khalipin. Yeah, the, rabbis ide- the, Rashi says the rabbis identified that that could not be included in the Gzei Roshava. Uh You're right, meaning... It, it's funny because we had a Gzei Roshava of Kicha Kicha, which means that Kinyonim that work by a field work by an Isha, but we used our Svara to figure out that it doesn't, it's not an all-inclusive category. Like, yeah, I don't think somebody annulled it. It means sort of like it is invalid as a form of kiddushin. Even they're right. Right. I mean, that's what Tosa says. Tosa says, and if a woman says, actually, it's okay, I don't mind. You know? And Tosa says, I don't get it. The woman's agreeing to do the chalipin. So it can't be a ganayula. She's participating in it. So Raja would have to say, no, objectively, it's inappropriate. And therefore, so that's actually, again, that's the way I would read that is it's objectively inappropriate because it makes it all about, you know, exchange. All right, so let's take a look now at, uh, the Gemara continues. So how about she gets her own freedom in two ways, death and the husband and the get. What is that? Excluded? It excludes an act of chalitza. Husband can't do chalitza to his wife. Let's make a chalitza. A sister-in-law who you not get free with a get before, if you haven't done yibum, right? You can't get her out of that need of requiring yibum by giving a get. Nevertheless, chalitza works. This woman that your get can work, how much more so chalitza should be able to work. <laughs> so the Gemara says, Kamash Milan. It tells you, ah, oh, it can't only get. Why not? Let's say that's a good Kavachomer. If it works by Gibum, it should work by a, by, a, by a normal case of marriage. I'm across. Safer Kritur, a book of divorce. Safer Kritur, only a writ. Divorce is served, ain't ever Achir Kritur, nothing else. Now, here you are going to be introduced to a, uh, a, a sort of a humorous aspect of the first Mishkarik of Kidushin, which is, Gemara asks a lot of hypothetical Kavachomers. Okay, and some of them are quite humorous because it just shows the, what happens when you totally stick to the form of a Kavachomer. Okay, because the Kavachomer, well, if this thing works here, even though this other thing doesn't work, so in this case, where that thing does work, this thing should work. Like, it's like, maybe each thing works uniquely because of the, its circumstances, right? So, it's like, um, so, you know, but that's, anyway, the Gemara asks, it's, it's always true, but it just plays out so much here. It's like, really, oh, because Chalitza works, I guess doesn't work, 
works by you know a get doesn't work by yibum because it's not relevant to get they're not they don't have that form of a bond but they have a weaker bond so chalitza works and chalitza is appropriate because chalitza is you know right so to now suggest that chalitza should work by kiddusha isha and you need a pasuk safer karta it's like crazy it's like totally just following the formalism of this so anyway as if that weren't bad enough about the Gemara there is a book called Atzmos Yosef, which I actually started reading once when I was in high school, because you, you get these like when you learn a masechet, these like these like books that have like a, a group of like like achronim and rishonim on the masechet. So you know you, you buy them for the rishonim, but they have these like weird achronim in the back. Anyway, so the Atzmos Yosef is if that first of all, as if the Gemara wasn't enough, Tosus does it to the next level, because then Tosus is always asking, wait, but you could have made a kavachomer this way, and why don't we make a kavachomer that way, and so whatever. And then it says Tosus wasn't enough. Then this achron called the Atzmos Yosef like does Tosus. You know, and he asks all these hypotheticals. Anyway, so they tell a story that uh, he was once for a Shabbos at somebody's house, the author of the Sefer, and they uh, brought him the soup and they gave him and they gave him a fork. So he says, right. "Why are you giving me a fork for my soup?" He says, "What's a kavachomer?" Says, you know, when it comes to meat, you can't eat meat with a with, with a spoon, but you can eat it with a fork. So soup that you can eat with a spoon, kavachomer, you should be able to eat it with a fork. <laughs> so anyway, so that is just, but you can't blame him because that's like a lot of what we're going to be seeing. So I just wanted to warn you about that. Yes. So, <laughs> so we said that Chalifin doesn't work because because right. it's a model, but then you still have Shtar, though, which is, so Shtar is... No, Shtar is not a Ketza model. Shtar is going to learn how... Things that are a Ketza model won't work. Right, okay. exactly. And other things, other things need another basis, okay? And it's essentially a Ketza model, I'm saying. Right, okay. Or not, I mean... Not well, that was the question, really. right. Okay, now, because now we get to the Ketza, Okay, what is it? Now, interestingly, until now, we've been prepped with the idea that we learned it out from Sede Ephron. But it's actually, that's not going to be the first emphasis of the Gemara about where we learned Kesef from. No way. How do you know that Kesef works as Kiddushin? But two, how's it not in addition? That's what we taught. The father has the rights to his daughter to marry her off whether through an act of Kesar, Star, and Bia. Now, the question is, the rights means that he can marry her off when she's a minor. Now, what, now, why does it mention the forms, meaning like, you might have thought that maybe he can only marry her off through Kesef, right? Because that's like, also that's more transaction, and that those are, you know, especially if you think about the transaction model, he's selling or he's getting the Kesef, you know, if that's sort of the suggested model. Maybe an idea of like, Bia would be something only when she's an adult, you know, and maybe that's not something that he fundamentally is the one that sort of makes that happen, or star, who knows? Anyway, so all those forms uh, work uh, for the father. Okay? Now, but the, also the emphasis of the idea of zakai means he gets to keep the money. All right? So the Gemara says... Yeah? What's your question? sounds like a little harsh. Well, that's what I mean. This whole thing is balkarcha. You mean the fact that basically if she's if she's like 10 years old, she's being, we're talking about, about you know, essentially rape? Yeah. That's true. I mean, you know, that's true, meaning normally when we talk about Kiddush it doesn't have to mean she's having sex. Like as right. I said before, that's you can wait 10 years before they start living together. But if Kiddush is happening then yeah, we're talking about pretty serious child abuse. I mean, that's worse. Anyway, okay, fine. We're talking about, anyway, but moving on. So that's a, that's, the, a, that's leader, a definite problem. Here. The latest yes. kind of is you don't do it a la Bertona. That's not the latest, that came in there somewhere? Yeah, we'll see that. Okay. So, but you are right to point out that it's, uh, when, yes, that, that we're talking about having sex with minors. Um, Okay, Minal and Mekanya Bikasef. How do you know?
know that he is uh, married off with money, and the father keeps it, which is, meaning, so here we're saying is, how do you know she, when she's doing Kiddushin herself, the Pshat of our Mishnah, but then there's this other Mishnah in, um, you know, in Ksuvos that says the father does it. Well, how do you know the father can marry off with money and that the father keeps the money? So it's, again, quite interesting that we're shifting immediately to the father. Like, you know, you and I would say, wait, wait, wait. The father's like a different case. Let's first focus on how do you know the woman herself. But actually, in the Torah, the father is the case. That's all you have in the Torah is that the father marrying her off. And by starting Tessa with the discussion of the father, that is really the model that very much suggests the whole, you know, uh, Kenyan model. She doesn't have a say. She's the object of exchange. The money is going to the father. So it makes a lot of sense that the Gemara, besides the fact that the father model is the prime model, of the, is the only model in the Torah, that the Gemara immediately shifts its attention not to her, but to the fact that the father marries her off. So let's take a look of where we know that. How do you know that the father uh, you know, you know, uh, can marry her off with money? And how do you know that he keeps the money? Okay, so let's take a look. So you already have the answer, or you think you do so let's do what the Gemara says. Okay, so um, uh, so Amar of Yud Amar Rav, Amar Kra. The pasuk says the Yasachi Namin Kosef. So here's another model where the t- father basically sells her off, sells her off as a slave, right? And what happens at the end if she does not want to, if the guy does not want to marry her at the, you know, and she grows and she becomes an adult, she's no longer a minor, then she just goes free without money. So Ein Kesef Zesh, she leaves this master without any money going to him. Aval Yesh Kesef Acher. Now the Gemara. Again, the Gemara does not mince words here, right? So there's another master over her, her father, that actually he would get money when she would leave his control. Now, it can't be telling you when he's just selling her as a slave, because that's explicit in the Apostles. You don't need it to say that. So what other types would the, she leave the control of the father and the father get money? It must obviously be Kiddushin, okay? So um, quite clear here, again, that's very much of object and, uh, you know, transaction acquisition model, okay? Umani. Um, and that would be the father. So the Gemara says, the Amo fine, maybe the money is given to the father, um, but maybe uh, she keeps it. Or the way Rashi says is, it doesn't say, yesh kesef adon zeh and adon acher. Maybe it's just ain kesef. So in another exa- transaction, there would be money, but maybe she would keep the money even as a minor. Okay? So yes, there's a time when she would leave the father with money. Money would be done as kiddushin, but maybe she would keep it. So the Gemara says, the Amo what type of a question is that? We know the father is the one that receives the money. How do we know he receives it? Meaning there's a difference between who receives it and then who pockets it. Okay, but we know the father is the one who receives it. I have given my daughter over to this man. Okay, now actually that's by the whole case of Motsi Shemra. Um, and Rashi tells us both point out that Motsi Shemra, if you remember, is a case of a Na'ara, not a Kitana. Right, that she's already uh, she's already an, uh, an adult. She's all of twelve years old. But anyway, but nevertheless, they understand that the Gemara is reading it that he says, "I married her off to this man, maybe when she was a minor. Now she's a nara, but I married her off when she's a minor." Anyway, either way, you see that the father is the one who does the act of marrying her off. He's the one that does the transaction, that does the act of kiddushin. So presumably, the money is given to him. He's the one that's active in the act. So if it's put in his hand, presumably he's the one that pockets it. One minute. So, 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 the, so, SBD, now that she's there, the E, Shakla Kasba? 
So, how could it be you give the money into the father's hand and she gets it? Obviously, from that passage, you see, he marries her off as a minor, and he's the one marrying her off, he's the one pocketing the money. You don't even need the passage of Adon Zen Adon Acher. It's just he marries her off, so obviously he pockets the money. So the mercy says, no. The Ema, I might say, that is When is that? I'll just read the question and we'll end with that now. Maybe the scheme that the father marries off the daughter and it's clear that he can do that and therefore clear that he would receive the money, right, and that it would go into his pocket. That's all when she's a minor, when we know that he has total control over her. And we know that she herself could not marry herself off. Avonara to Islayad the Kabul Kidushin, but by Anara, where she does have a hand to marry herself, so we'll discuss what that means tomorrow. Let's just read the question. Um, maybe you could give her the money and she could keep it. So, what the question is that the Muslim is we accept the idea that as a minor, the father has total control over the daughter. He marries her. He sells her. He keeps the money. End of story. The question, and when she's a Bogaret, 12 and a half, completely out of the father's control. The question we're going to be exploring is when she's in that middle stage of between 12 and 12 and a half, she's enough of an adult that she has a certain sense of her own personhood in halacha, right? How do we know, and that she could even accept Kesef Kedushin on her own, although the father might be able to, or not, it might be able, the father can say he doesn't agree, but nevertheless, she at least to some degree is her own person. So at that stage, how do we know that the father is entitled to marry her off and the father is entitled to keep the money. So that's what we're going to be focusing on to, starting with tomorrow. How do we know the father has these rights when she is a na'ara? Okay, to be continued tomorrow.